listening to the Loving BDSM Podcast, episode 234. Kayla Lord's here with the one, the only, the... I got nothing witty to say. I just love you so much. John Brownstone. <laughs> I do. I love you. You're the best. I love you too, baby girl. And I'll cut a bitch who says otherwise. Oh. <laughs> this week, we're finally talking about a topic that we keep mentioning that we really need to do in almost every episode these days. We're going to talk about being a fixer and how it can be a positive, but also negative power exchange relationship welcome to the loving bdsm podcast if this is your first time listening glad to have you if you're back for another week welcome back loving bdsm is produced every friday for your kinky pleasure and education show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app if you love what you hear we'd love a good review wherever you listen to us to help other kinksters find us you can follow the show on Twitter at Loving BDSM, on FetLife at Loving BDSM PC, on Instagram at that handle I will forever fucking hate, <laughs> Loving DS and the number one, Loving DS1, or on YouTube at youtube.com slash Loving BDSM, where you can watch us live stream the podcast every Wednesday. All links are in the show notes. As always, a big thank you and shout out to our kinky patrons, our proud crickets on Patreon, yes. including our newest peeps. We see you. We love you. We thank you for your support, for your time, your energy, for all of it, every bit of it. Uh, if you'd like more of whatever it is that we're doing here and to help us do more of it, uh, you can join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Lords. That's patreon.com slash Lords. Uh, you can join for as little as $2 a month and you get access to patron-only podcasts, patron-only live streams, behind the scenes, sneak peeks, all the stuff. And you help us do this weird thing we do on the internet. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't think I have any announcements again this week. Our lives have become boring. We have no announcements. Uh -oh. um, that's okay, though. It just gets us in that much quicker. So we have said it in recently, especially in many, many, many episodes recently, <laughs> I've said something along the lines of, and that's the problem with being a fixer. We'll have to do an episode on that. Today is that time. Yes. We're here. We did it. We're, we're fixing that. We are fixing it. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie. That's some satisfying shit. Let us fix a thing. <laughs> we created the problem, but whatever. We're also going to fix, fix it. Fix it, yeah. So I did think that it would be good. I tried to write notes to keep myself organized. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, uh. Um, I did think it would be good to define how we view what being a fixer means. I don't. I feel like this term is kind of well known amongst mm. people. It's uh, not a power exchange specific thing. It's a relationship thing. It's not just in romantic or sexual relationships. It happens in friendships. It happens in mm -hmm. parental, like child relationships, caregiving, like any relationship you can have with a, another human being, one or both of you can be this type of person um, for good or ill. <laughs> we are both what we would call fixers. Yeah. Um, you go first. What does that mean to you? What does being a fixer mean? Um, if I see a problem, it needs to be corrected. And you have the solution. <laughs> Going to come up with it one way or another. I know. You know, I know. And, and as much as I hate to admit it, uh, as a uh, rehabilitated fixer, sometimes even if it's not broke, it needs to be fixed. Oh, I can totally find a solution for a problem you didn't have. Yeah. You didn't even know that was a problem, but right. I've got solutions. So, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, it, it, it can be. It, you know, and we do joke about the negative side because there is a negative impact of being a fixer or yeah. being in a relationship with a fixer <laughs> who does not seem to be self-aware about their 
fixiness. Uh, <laughs> I see the same. I see being a fixer in the same way. If you tell me there's a problem, my brain, before you even finish the problem, I'm already calculating what we could do to fix it. Yeah. Um, if I look at other people's lives from the outside, I'm like, I think I know what their problem is. And also here's a solution. Um, if you act on that, looking in from the outside and then without being asked to offer up solutions, you're not just a fixer, you're obnoxious. Um, <laughs> I probably did that a lot when I was younger, and then I decided I don't like talking to people I don't know, and I think I stopped. And then I went, you know what? I can create my own content, and I can offer the solutions, and people don't have to take it. They're free to ignore it, but I got to offer the solution without being asked. Um, (laughs) uh, Also, I spent this weekend, I spent two hours answering DMs and emails and messages where people were asking my my thoughts, and it was like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm in fixer heaven right now. Um, the downside, uh, one of many downsides to being a fixer is that you will offer the advice or the solution and then people, darn them, are free agents. They have free will. They can ignore the fuck out of you. Um, so the way I look at being a fixer, when I was having deep shower thoughts this morning on this topic, <clears throat> I was thinking about it in terms of, yes, exactly that. If somebody that... I care about on any level, even just I care about them as a fellow human being, um, starts talking about a problem, my mind spins up and is ready to try and find solutions. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean I always find solutions. Does not mean I think all of my solutions will work or are great, but that's where my mind goes. Let's fix this problem. Hence the fixer kind of uh, label. Um, But I was thinking about sort of why and where that comes from. Mm -hmm. And speaking for myself and only for myself, Part of it is the people pleaser in me, Uh, especially when it's somebody I deeply care about. You come to me, you're upset about something. What I want is for you not to be upset. Right. And so therefore let's fix this problem. Um, We're gonna talk about why that is not, that should not be our go-to if you yourself are a fixer. Uh, Then there's also the other side, which is still a people pleaser thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I see it come out in me more when I think, even if I've not been accused of it, I think I might be the reason for a problem. Mm. I don't, my perfectionist side is like, oh, that's a problem, we have to fix it. It needs to be right, it needs to be perfect. And it's even more meaningful and more serious to me if I think I contributed to the problem, if I was part of the problem. Um, And I, let's be clear, if you are part of the problem, I think it's great if you can be part of the solution, but sometimes we project that shit onto things and we weren't part of the problem, but we have something going on in our mind that's making us feel that way. And now we're interjecting solutions when maybe they weren't even asked for, when we we were just the person that was there and got to hear the story. Nobody's actually looking to us mm-hmm. for answers. Um, being a fixer as a submissive, we talked about it, I think it was last week's episode, we were talking about, maybe it was the week before, we were talking about our disagreement where I made a parenting decision to fix a problem that had not even been communicated yet. Uh, That is another way that uh, I see myself as a fixer. You didn't come to me with a problem. I prevented a problem. You perceived a problem and fixed one that, (laughs) yeah. Didn't talk to anybody. Didn't get me outside opinions. Didn't make sure it was a problem to begin with. Made up the problem, made up the solution. 30 seconds, done. (laughs) 
Job done. I have completed my work for the day. Nothing to see here. Let's go home. Uh, yeah, see where that got you. So there's lots of layers to it for me. I think the most common one that most of us can relate to on either side of whether you are a fixer or not, this is not a submissive type dom type. It, as we've said, you're a fixer, I'm a fixer, yeah. dom sub. Uh, we can fuck each other up with it, or it can be used for good and not well, evil. Yeah, because as as a dominant, to want to be a fixer, because you know, as as my submissive, you come to me and you know, daddy, this this this, you know, it's like, all right, you know, I'm I'm the big D. I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to fix it for you. Mm-hmm. On the other side, as a submissive, you're like, I have a problem, and I'm like, I have a purpose. I can I serve. can serve. <laughs> I will fix this problem and be the best good girl ever because I solved a problem. Uh, That's great when it works and that's what you both want. (laughs) That's not so great when the other person's like, that's not what I fucking asked for. You didn't even let me ask for anything. I haven't even finished telling you the story of my bad day and you've got five solutions. (laughs) And we do it to each other. So the most stereotypical example I can give, and this is, any type of relationship with any type of person. A uh, person comes to you and they're like, "Uh, today was awful. And they proceed to go on a rant about their day. They, if they're lucky, they're allowed to wind down from that rant. They might even get to say, what do you think? Uh, as a long time fixer, uh, I know that we sometimes don't let them even get to that point of finishing their thought or asking us what we think. <laughs> And while that person's talking, the fixer in the conversation is coming up with solutions of what they could have done better, what they can do now, how this can be salvaged, how this can be fixed. And if they get to that point, what do you think? Or the poor person just takes a breath. I mean, and I say this because I've done this. Uh, And the fixer goes, well, you know what you need to do? And then they present this laundry list of things the person can do. Mm -hmm. And then what happens? That person goes, that's that's not what I want. I didn't ask for that. I don't I don't need you to help me. I need you to listen. I need you to be here. I need you yeah. to let me finish my thoughts. And and see, there is kind of the crux of the situation. Mm-hmm. You just said it. Because what's happening as a fixer, you listen to enough to perceive that there is a problem. Mm-hmm. Your listening shuts down. And you start, your mind starts spinning up solutions to the problem rather than listening. Mm-hmm. It's one of those moments, it's it's the listening, I'm putting air quotes around that word, in order to respond, taken yes. to an extreme degree. Like in some mm-hmm. cases you have stopped listening. You're not listening to them talk about how they feel or their emotions. You Maybe they haven't said that yet because you haven't asked. You heard the beginning part or enough of it to infer Yeah, and now you're ready Mm -hmm. to respond and they're still talking and you've already got your response laid out. Here's the thing, I think it comes from a really good positive place. Yes, there are some obnoxious asses out there who just Mm -hmm. really like the sound of their voice. They need to get two microphones and an internet connection like we did. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's the case. I think most of the time it comes from a good place 
but your intentions don't matter so much as your impact. If the person in your relationship feels like they're not being heard, they're being ignored, all you care about is fixing a thing when that's not what they want, they don't need your solutions, then they feel devalued as your partner. And it hits both sides of the slash. So I am more aware of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you are my first serious long-term relationship with a fellow fixer. <laughs> I have definitely been in the relationships where the other person was not the fixer. Um, They did not always appreciate my fixing, but they never called me out on it Mm. either. And I never really experienced the other side of that. Part of that was I was in relationships with assholes who didn't want to listen to how I felt anyway. So that's a whole other conversation. (laughs) But then here I got into this relationship with a dominant who is in charge. And I do want your guidance and help in fixing problems. But one of two things happened that sort of, opened my eyes to this as not a, not always a, uh, a shining moment and more of a character flaw some, sometimes, um, was one, I would try to tell you something about how rotten my day was or how stressed I was and you would jump in with a solution. I'd, I'd be, yep. And I, I, one of my pet peeves, and I don't know where it comes from, I, I mean, we could psychoanalyze this, but I re- yeah, I know where it comes from. Anyway, <laughs> one of my biggest pet peeves is unsolicited advice. Like, unless I'm, asking for your opinion and I'm asking you because I came to you because I trust you because I think I'll, I'll you'll know the answer or I want some group think which is rare but it happens I fucking hate unsolicited like it just what's hilarious is I offer it all the time hmm. <laughs> that's something else to be analyzed so you were doing that and I and it was hitting that pet peeve that I hate and I was mm-hmm. finally engaging with a partner who cared enough to try and find solutions, but also wasn't listening enough. And so there was pushback. And then I think you had your first taste of it in reverse (laughs) because in an effort to serve as a submissive, I was doing the exact same thing to you and you were pushing back. Yeah. And so it was like the perfect storm of realizing a, a, a thing about myself that can be used for good, but mm-hmm. can also be used for evil. <laughs> your, your, what's it saying? your strength is also your, your weakness. weakness. Yes. Um, and I think that can definitely apply here. Yeah. So we've touched on how being a fixer can work in a DS relationship mm-hmm. um, a little bit where, yes, as a submissive, it allows me to feel like I'm serving. I can come up with solutions. Um, you are taking care of me and taking care of a problem and you're leading because you've come up with the solutions. Um, I would like to interject that the person who comes up with solutions is, does not get, that doesn't automatically make them the leader. So if you are the dominant, it's okay to not have solutions. That does not impact your dominance and control. Sometimes leading is letting the better qualified one among you <laughs> come up with some mm-hmm. o- options. Um, so the most common, we've talked about this before too, the most common way to deal with being a fixer or being with a fixer in uh, any relationship, but specifically power exchange, is communication. Um, mm-hmm. The way we have dealt with it is to have very serious conversations about, I really didn't like that you did that because it felt like you didn't hear me and I really just wanted to be heard. Right. And you have to have those hard conversations. Um, they don't have to be hard. I think. It feels hard if you think you've done something wrong or it feels hard if you think you have to tell somebody a thing that might hurt their feelings. Um, But I think if you come at it with a, that whole aspect of, 
we want the best outcome here. We want we want to fix this. <laughs> ironically, yeah. we want to fix this situation and be together. And we are the same team with a similar goal. True. Then it doesn't have to be a hard conversation. I, <laughs> I think what is what has helped because of what we learned from all that is we we have gotten to a place now where we are ahead of it, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Because you will come to me at times and say, you know, Daddy, I, I have a problem and I need to talk to you about this, but I just need to talk. Mm-hmm. I don't need help resolving anything. Right, I just, I need to vent. I need to yeah. get this out. And then there are times where, and you've done this in reverse. We do this mm-hmm. for one another. I'll go, I need to know what you think because I can't decide. I don't know what the right answer is. Right. So there's two ways of going about this, and it, it all depends on your dynamic and how you communicate and what's considered polite and all that good stuff. But essentially, uh, if you because we have the self-awareness now, mm-hmm. we try to be very clear and upfront. This is what I need from this conversation. Uh, that's called perfect world scenario where emotions aren't high and you're not stressed to the max and you can think these things through clearly and then can do that. That's uh, not real world. That's... Happens more often than not, but not it just is not an always thing. The other one, and we're still working on this. We're still not great at this yet, but practice. Um, is if one of if one of us comes to the other and is like, oh, this thing, this thing, and we're stressed or we're frantic or we're upset or something, the other tries to to re- here either hears the story and then asks or asks and then hears what the person has to say. Of okay, what do you need from me? in this moment. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because it's a communication tool so that um, you don't jump in with your fixer self and just try to fix a problem right. that they didn't want you to fix. It's a consent thing. Yes, yes. That, it's yes. totally a consent Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. I only want to give you what you want from this if, if it's within my power to give. You did not tell me what that is, so I'm going to stop for a second. I'm going to ask. Now, that takes practice if you are a person who is a solution-oriented, I got 85 things you can do to make your life better kind of person, okay? It's hard to stop yourself from rushing in with all these ways you can make this person's life better because you care about them and you want their problem to go away for them. Mm -hmm. Like I said, most of the time it really does come from a really good place. Um, But... That helps me. At part of it is a people pleaser who wants her daddy dog to be happy with her. <laughs> um, I also do think of it, it's not a submissive thing on its own, but for me to remember the little mind game I play with myself is that it is a submissive thing to ask. I ask, where do you want me to put this thing you just handed me? I ask, mm-hmm. can I go do this now? So why couldn't I or shouldn't I, as the submissive ask, okay, what do you need for me in this moment? So he can say, I just I just need to vent. I just, can I get a hug? I mean, sometimes, quite frankly, you vented, you got it out of your system, you know that there's going to be a solution or you already thought through the solutions and those aren't going to work. And what you need is comfort. What you need is to know yeah. that your partner's there. Um, and if we don't give people the opportunity to express that and we jump in with the assumptions of what we think they need, we're not being our best dom sub self we're also not respecting their needs which is pure consent like i only want to give you what you want to receive from me that is the basic tenant of consent (laughs) um 
I love, I'm glad we made that connection. I feel brilliant right now. Did yeah. the room get brighter? I don't know. Um, and when you can, asking ahead of time, great. If, sure. if not, though, there's always that opportunity where the person rants, 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 and then they wind down and they like run out of a little bit of steam. And I know in our interactions, you tend to look at me with like this look of expectation of, okay, what are you going to say? That's my opportunity. That, that's your chance. You know, or at, at the end of it, would you like some help with that? Mm. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yep. And just asking that, like, yeah. not because I do recognize that sometimes you don't know what you need. You just knew you had to get that off your chest. Right. And when confronted with the question of, would you like some help? That's a more, sometimes a more direct thing. And then you can go, mm -hmm. is that what I want? I don't know. Uh, Y'all, I have absolutely <laughs> gone, I don't know what I want. Okay. <laughs> I think that's valid. I think that's valid. Sometimes you don't know what you want and you got to like work it through. But it feels better to know that you've been asked and and your input has been requested on that rather than have somebody sort of bowl you over and go, here's a laundry list of things. I think you should do plans A through Z. And if mm -hmm. those don't work, we'll go to plans one through 99. And it's like, but now you've just overwhelmed me with more shit I got to do. <laughs> when I'm dealing with this thing that bothered me. Um, I do think, and we mentioned it because we had a we had a little mishap with it. We were talking about that earlier of you can fix and there be no communication. You haven't been told about a problem or you were told about a problem two days ago and you're like just gnawing on this. Like I know what needs to happen. I know what needs to happen. And you start fixing and you haven't talked to anybody yet. I'm going to recommend that most of the time you don't do that. <laughs> Even, so the common, and from my perspective, fixer is the, you tell me a problem, I immediately offer 85 solutions. The less, the less talked about, but I think probably just as common, hmm. is we have a conversation on Monday. One of us tells the other about a problem we're having or a concern we have or a thing. We got through that conversation without being the obnoxious fixer that we are, but we've we've been thinking about it and we've got we've got ideas. And hey, wouldn't this be super helpful if I just went and did this stuff for them or I just put this in place and then I'll hand them the answers on a silver platter and they'll think I'm amazing because I was helpful. In my case, as a submissive, I'll be thinking because I was super helpful. I saw the problem, I fixed the problem, I made a whole bunch of assumptions, uh, some anticipatory service there last week's episode. <laughs> um, and I'll be the superhero. I mean, there's, I think a little bit of ego sometimes in there. I, I know for myself, I'm not gonna speak for anybody else, but I think if if you don't immediately reject that, like, but you're like, mm, is there? Do some soul searching because if you are the type of person who feels really good when a, a partner or somebody you care about acknowledges your effort and says, oh, that was amazing. And you like, like more than that, I would say more than the typical happy feeling of you like, it's an accomplishment that can fuck you up too. Ask me <laughs> how I know. Um, but so you had the conversation, you came up with solutions. It's days later. At no point have you talked to your partner if this is what they want. I, it's, it's a little bit like um, kink negotiation. Mm. Go with me on this. You have the initial conversation, maybe several conversations, where you go, I like this, I don't like that, I'm willing to try this, I'm willing to try that. Oh, let's look at this, let's read that, let's listen to this, blah, blah, blah. And you set some basic parameters. 
And you even go through your relationship and you practice some of these kinks that you've negotiated are okay. Mm -hmm. And maybe you go some time without doing it or things have been off. And then you never check in again to say, hey, is this good for you tonight? Do you want to do this scene we talked about? You remember that scene we did a few months ago? I kind of been thinking about it a little bit. That's the that's the level of checking for consent that I would absolutely expect in our kink relationship, mm-hmm. especially if it's not something we're doing all the time. If it's something we're doing all the time, an evening spanking before bed, I know to expect it. So I can tell you ahead of time, I've got a really bad headache tonight, or I'm not feeling real good, or whatever, right? Like I can have that conversation because I'm already expecting it. But the stuff that, yeah, we said, eight fucking years ago, we were good with this, but we haven't done in a year. You shouldn't spring that shit on me. You should like at least mention you're thinking about it. This is not that much different. Yes, they told you their problem two or three days ago. Have you checked in with them to see if they would like help solving their problem? No. Well then do you really have consent for that? Because if they don't know you're doing Mm -hmm. it and you, you know, you can get lucky. I've gotten lucky that I've come up with solutions for you but I did not act on any of them. And I've gone, okay, if you want them, here's what I know. Here's what I found. Here's what I've been thinking about. And then the ball's in your court because it's one, your problem, two, you're the dominant. So that was yeah. how that works for us. Um, it's a whole different story if I just started solving them. Absolutely. Especially if we're days out now. You mm-hmm. might not even, you might've already solved it and you just hadn't had a chance to tell me yet. Right. It might not even be a problem for you anymore. Because sometimes in that emotional moment of this is awful, it feels like the worst thing ever. And then 48 hours later, you're like, God, what was I, was I upset about? Why was I Just getting it off that? my chest was great and it cleared my head enough that now I know what to do moving forward. But somebody over here was like, I, I'm just going to pretend I know. I've been thinking about it because I desperately want to help. I desperately mm-hmm. want to take care of. I de- like however, however you identify with your your role within a power exchange. Like all of this can happen outside of a power exchange too. But in the context of a power exchange, I think what we do is we convince ourselves within our role that this is right for our role. We're fulfilling our, our needs. We're taking care of, we're all of that stuff. But we stop, forgot like the most important part. Ask your fucking partner what they want. Mm-hmm. Get their consent. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> how do you feel well, we've certainly talked about how I feel. How do you feel on... Pretty t- darn good. You feel really great. I'll feel you later. I'll feel you later. I'm not getting us banned from YouTube for feeling you up. Um, how do you feel both when I when you realize you've gone into fixer mode as my dominant, mm-hmm. and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Because basically that's what happens. And also when you realize I've gone into fixed mode as a dominant from that perspective, mm-hmm. what does that hit for you? Um, I, I think for me as a fixer, when I overstep, um, there, there's a certain amount of that, oh yeah, I, I did kind of uh, uh, go a little far there. And it makes me realize that I need to be a little bit more um, cognizant of that. Mm-hmm. Now, on the other side, when you do it to me, <laughs> that's some domly anger. 
<laughs> yeah. what I'll say. <laughs> it, 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 it can be. Um, you know, it, especially when it's something that I didn't even know was a problem and it had already been <laughs> taken care of. Or the, the most telling, I think this is where my mind went with the last time it happened, mm-hmm. was when your outrage was palpable and you went, yeah. you didn't even fucking give me the chance. Right. And I was like, oh, fuck, he's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, he's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and the next thing I said was, in our relationship, we talk about everything. You did not talk to me first. Mm-hmm. It was not a good look. No. <laughs> it was not my best moment. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Um, so, I think I, I think I want my guilt and ego assuaged um, <laughs> do you obviously not I, I would say obviously I assume not in the moment but yeah. like in this conversation when you think back on my fixeriness mm-hmm. um, do you perceive it as coming from a place of caring and, and good I, or is it no, one of those I, like fuck it I fucking hate this shit no I know it I know where it comes from and it comes from a good place mm-hmm. there's no doubt about that mm-hmm. I that I understand completely because you 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 do it because it, it it's almost almost like a love language for you yes please let me help you right <laughs> so you know acts of service yeah, so so I absolutely know that it's coming from a good place. Mm-hmm. That that I have no question or doubt of whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Yeah, I um I'm looking at I'm also looking at some of the um the live stream chat and mm-hmm. um one point that was made by Jonesy. Hi Jonesy. Um that you know, my role has always been the fixer for others and never getting anything in return. And whoo, I feel yes. that. And and that that is something that I've been thinking wanted to talk about because this this that is something that can go both ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, um, being being a fixer, like I said earlier, is a lot. You know, it, it is your strength. It is your weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, being a fixer. While there is done right, there is nothing wrong with being a fixer, but being a fixer uses a lot of emotional energy. Mm-hmm. All right. And when it goes bad, it goes bad. We, we've been on that side. When done right, it, it, is, an, it is an amazing thing. You heard the term that there are people emotional vampires. Yeah, I've heard, yeah, I've heard that okay. term before. Mm-hmm. Um, same type of thing with fixers. Somebody can s- suck your fixer dry. <laughs> well, and it, it's it can be a little bit of taking advantage or, of it or taking it for granted mm-hmm. or knowing you're going to do it and never once asking what can be done for you in return. Right. Yes, and that I think there's there's two sides to that. In that, fixers tend to also be givers. Uh, another mm-hmm. word Tasha used in the live stream chat was helper. Yeah, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to help. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. see a problem, we fix a problem in the name of help. Um, and when it is either reciprocated or <laughs> we listen when people go, "That's not what I want from you," you calm yeah. down. 
Um, I think it's okay. Uh, it can go wrong, but it's usually fixable. When you as a fixer find yourself in a relationship with somebody who's like, oh yes, I'm happy to let you fix my shit because mm -hmm. I can name all kinds of negative things about my ex-husband that we're, we don't have time for that. Um, <laughs> it will suck you dry and it will take all of your energy because right. in those types of situations, from my perspective, that person who's willing to take that from you and not give it in return and not be a source of support, not just tell you, you don't have to, like, please stop doing that. Yeah. Or what can I do for you? Or thank you for helping me. When you're not getting something in return to refill that well, uh, you can, there's all kinds of negative things that happen, but it will absolutely kill a relationship. Now, whether that relationship yeah. ends or not, that's a whole other topic. Cause I've seen a lot of dead relationships walking and those people are still there. And I'm like, why? My <laughs> fixer wants to help you. I'm going to leave it alone though. You didn't yeah. ask. Um, yeah. And that, I mean, that was me. I had been wrung dry from not just my former marriage, but previous relationships. And it was still ages before I finally went, wait, I don't, I don't have to put up with this. I don't have to feel this way. I can feel better. It's okay if I mm -hmm. feel better. I don't have to be taken for granted every moment of the day. And at the same time, the other side of that is where the fixer fixes so much that the other person never feels heard never yeah. feels like they can just come to you. Like it's a, I am, I'm happy to be a fixer. I love my fellow fixers out there, but intense fixers who are not self-aware to know what the fuck we're doing, we are exhausting. We have so many ideas. We know so much we can come across as very condescending and patronizing, not necessarily because that's who we are, but because we just think we know the answers. And if God help us, if people would just do what we tell them to do, their lives would be easier. Like there's a toxic side to anything mm. and that can kill a relationship just as much because the other person never feels heard and what they want to do is be heard. Or maybe they want to help you and you're too busy coming up with all the solutions to let somebody else help you too. It comes in all, I mean, like, I feel like now that I am aware of who I am and that part of me that that the first impulse is to problem solve and to fix and to help and to make things right for people. Um, part of it is is it's hard to see somebody's raw emotions when they're hurt, when they're angry, when, mm -hmm. you know, they're, and especially I know for myself, and this is definitely just a, a me thing here because I don't know how other people feel about this. I spent my most formative years listening to the adults in my life yell at me, at each other about things. Yeah. And I have an innate need to make that negative emotion go away. And <laughs> I learned at a very young age that if you try to be perfect and fix everything and never do anything wrong, then people won't yell at you, except that's not fucking true. There was still yelling. So um, I know where some of that comes from when somebody's when somebody's negative emotions, even if they're not directed at me, but I'm kind of in the line of that fire um, because they need to vent because they're upset, especially if there's somebody I care for, I just want to make that go away with like every fiber of my being. Hmm. And it has taken me many, many years to recognize, to understand, to get comfortable with the idea that you can't do that for people. You can be there for them. You can be a support for them. You might be part of what helps them feel better at some point, but 
you, the, the lone person who just happens to be confronted with their negative emotions in that moment. There's no magic wand to wave. You are not a superhero. You, you, you can't, it just doesn't exist that people have to go through those negative emotions and they have to find their own solutions and you have to choose what part you're gonna play if you're gonna play a part at all, but it still needs to be with their consent. It has to be what they want from you. Um, and so I know that some of my fixing is very much a reflection of a whole bunch of crap from, from early, early formative years um, that still plays out for me. And I then have to combat because here's the, here's the thing. We talked about this <laughs> in, it was last week's episode because it was, ooh, the problem with the anticipatory service. When you try to fix, because you're a fixer and that's what you do, and you're here to make the person you love, the person you respect's life better, and they throw back at you, I didn't fucking ask for it, I didn't fucking want it, why did you do that? It feels like a, a personal attack. You did something out of great care and love without their fucking consent, and they don't appreciate it, and they're mad at you for it. Mm-hmm. It is very easy for that to devolve into its own separate <laughs> argument and issue that now has to be dealt with. Um, and when, depending on your reasoning and your psyche and, and how you're wired and why you do those things, if you've done that kind of self-reflection to figure that out, um, it can be really painful because what, what it feels like is you've just had your love and help and support thrown back in your face and rejected. Um, and it is rejected because it, it wasn't asked for because you didn't take two seconds to go, hey, I got some ideas. Can I help you with this? How would you feel if I, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, I'm, I think there are good things to being a fixer. I feel like I'm totally dogged on being a fixer in this because there are so many negative sides. There are so many times when it gets out of hand, when it people just don't think first. And I think that a being a fixer is not inherently a bad thing. We no. are solution-oriented people. Right. We tend to be the people that others turn to and go, what the fuck are we going to do? Because I'm like, ha my time has come. I mm. have a chart, a spreadsheet, and a to-do <laughs> list. We can do it all. Uh, <laughs> I think the world needs the fixers of the world. I think that, especially in a power exchange, what I have discovered about, from a submissive perspective, about being a fixer, man, that's the quickest way to fall out of your dynamic because now I'm making decisions Mm -hmm. and now I'm deciding and now I'm telling you what needs to happen. Mm -hmm. And that's not me at my most submissive. Even if I call it helping, even if I call it serving, I'm like, and when you do it, it's an overreach of power. It's like, wait, I didn't, I didn't ask for this level of control, this, this level of, of command, this level what are you doing? I didn't ask for this. Right. And that's why it's important to see it from both sides of the slash, mm-hmm. the negatives of it anyway. And and I think that's where the difference comes in when I come to you and say, all right, baby girl, I've got this going on and I need something to happen. Now, here's what I would do and I would like you to do that for me, but if you have a better way <laughs> of achieving this this thing that's needed to be done... Please have at it. And I go, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. <laughs> I have thoughts. Oh, podcast listeners, sorry. The evil laugh was also with an evil finger tap. I don't yeah. know how best to describe that. <laughs> well, how would you describe that? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Maniacally tapping fingers. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm not mad at it. Not wrong either. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yep. Um, Tasha pointed out in the live stream chat, being a fixer means your listening skills need to be on point. That is very true. I also would say that you need to throw assumptions to the fucking wind because you can't assume shit as a fixer because when you do, then you jump in to fix. We all make assumptions. That's a human condition. But (laughs) fixers of the world, man, we really do make an ass out of you and me when we (laughs) assume. Oh, it's not Mm -hmm. pretty. No, it's Um, not. And I I think just slowing down to ask a question. What do you need from me in this conversation? Can I help? How can I help? Would you like some ideas? Mm-hmm. However feels natural, like pick your script, but taking just taking a breath, slowing down, getting consent. I mean, I feel like for me, that's gonna be revolutionary because for all our talk mm-hmm. of what to say and how to say it, we still fuck up easily. If I come running to you and I'm in tears and I'm mad, let me assure you his first reaction is going to be, who do I have to fuck up and how do I fix this? Like, Mm -hmm. because I'm upset and he doesn't want me to be upset because he loves me. Like, I understand it. It's not helpful. I understand it. So, and the same is true. We had a moment earlier today where I was ready to go fucking battle for him. Like, don't fuck with my John Brownstone. (laughs) I will cut a bitch. Um... (laughs) And not in that teasy way when like people want to flirt. Like I'll, f- I'm pissed. That was not helpful. Like I didn't, I forgot to stop and go. <laughs> what do you need from me in this moment? Um, so we are not perfect at this. It is still mm-hmm. a thing that we're practicing and, and figuring out and trying to remember. But if thinking about it in terms of consent, yeah. Oh yeah. Mind blown. Powerful. Mm-hmm. Because if, if that's what I'm looking for is consent, then before I offer a solution, I have to make sure that it's wanted. I have to get the yes or no. And and that goes both ways because, you know, I, I see a lot of uh, conversation going on in the, um, in, in the live chat about, you know, people constantly coming to you for fixes. Oh yeah. Once you're you know, a known fixer. So, oh Lord. You know, that, that consent goes both ways mm-hmm. because even as a fixer, you know, you have to give consent to to the other person, right? And you you need even even as a fixer, you need to have your boundaries. Like you know, say, okay, look, I, I can't do this right now. Mm-hmm. Those emotional vampires. Yeah. Yes, I used to have a lot of friends that they knew they could come to me, and they could. Part of it was just being a listener. Mm-hmm. And I, you don't have to be a fixer to be this way. I know for me, it, it intersects where I am that shoulder for people to come cry on. For the most part, I don't mind. But when it happens from friends who were, let me put air quotes around that, friends who were not reciprocating, Mm -hmm. because they didn't necessarily want me to give them solutions or make it better, but they certainly wanted to lean on me because I had done it before and I just always seemed to be there for them. And that might be its own separate topic because it's not not just about being a fixer. I I think all kinds of people can be this way, but they never did that for me in return. When I had a problem, mm-hmm. I, I could not go to them to vent, rant, or get an idea of what yeah. to do. Um, and yeah, there's, I think the people who hate, who get annoyed when the fixer tries to fix them, do better with setting that boundary. Maybe they do it imperfectly. Maybe we don't have that really nice, mm-hmm. calm conversation about what this means and when this is okay. But 
the people who then get depended on to be the fixers because they've been the fixers because they usually are the ones with solutions and many times, maybe not all, the willingness to act on those solutions. I'm not gonna lie, as a fixer, there's nothing more annoying than giving you the answer you actually asked for, giving you multiple ideas of what you could do and then watching you not do them anyway. It's like, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just a pet peeve. It's fine, people can do what the fuck they want. But that's the other side of it. If you constantly come to me and you ask for my advice and one, I give it and I never receive anything in return. And then I watch you ignore my advice mm -hmm. every time. Not say, oh, it was a bad idea. That's not gonna work for me. Just go, okay, thank you for all that emotional labor you just did for me. I'm gonna like ignore the fuck out of it. And then in a month I'll be back with the same problem but, on the same day. Or the, or the <laughs> next problem. I know. And it's like, yeah. that's a lot to give if you're not receiving something in return. If you are the person who has a fixer in your life and you lean on them, you're not bad because you lean on that person in your life. Just do a self check. Are you, what are you, and ask quite frankly, are you giving as much as you're receiving? Cause if you're putting back in what you're getting out, you're fine. It's right. usually okay. Um, but if you're not, that's a problem. Um, the fixers of the world I have found not always, but in my experience do seem to be very dependable people. They're usually just there mm -hmm. because they're usually fixing their problems or somebody else's. I'm not gonna lie, it's a lot more fun to fix other people's problems than my own. I will ignore the fuck out of my problems and the solutions to my problems, <laughs> but I will sure as fuck go fix, fix your problems. <laughs> um, that is also annoying uh, from all the sides that that can be annoying. Um, I think it benefits us though, both being fixers um, because you don't want to work on your problems either, but I want to work on your problems and I don't want to work on my problems, but I yeah. And so we do, we do mesh very well and, on and, that. Yeah. So I'm just saying, if you're a fixer, don't, don't be afraid to be with another fixer. Sometimes that works out. If you can get the communication part right <laughs> and the consent part right. Yeah. Sometimes that works out. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, I think we covered all my points, not in the order in which I wrote my notes down, hey. because when do I ever? It's too chaotic around here. Um, but I, uh, I, I, there's always more that could be said. Oh, absolutely. But because I, I have, at least for myself, internalized being a fixer as part of my personality and who I am, it's gonna keep coming up. It has already come up in several episodes because yeah. there's so many nuances to it of where it's good and where it's bad. Mm -hmm. um, you're not bad if you're a fixer. You're not bad if you're not a fixer. It's only a negative when you stop communicating, you stop listening, you stop getting consent, you start making yeah. a bunch of assumptions like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good look there. Um, a little self-reflection sometimes goes a long way. Like if I I know why I'll, I want to fix an angry person's anger, I know where that comes from. Knowing that doesn't stop me from wanting to do it, but it sometimes makes it a little bit easier to disconnect from that and to go, I don't need to do that. And they're angry, like righteously angry. They're like, they should be angry. Mm -hmm. I'm angry for them, okay. Um, and it, it does, that little bit of self-awareness sometimes helps a little bit. So the more that we can get of that, I think the better off we can be. Sit with those uncomfortable feelings. That's life advice. That's not relationship advice. That's not power exchange advice. That's not specific to being a fixer or not. Mm -hmm. If you can learn how to sit with your uncomfortable feelings and try and figure out for yourself where they come from, instead of lashing out, whew, whew, 
Ooh, there's some inner peace there, yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, okay, so I think that's enough for um, this. We can always come back to it later. It will rear its weird head in other mm-hmm. topics. Um, yeah, we do have a bonus section, so yes. we can do that. Okay. okay. We good? Mm, I don't know, are we? I'll let others decide. <laughs> Keep it kinky, y'all. And we'll see you next week. Dottie. Yes, baby girl. Can I talk to the crickets, please? You want to talk to the crickets? I want to talk to the crickets. Why do you want to talk to the crickets? Because I love the crickets! And they love us, me, you, somebody. They're here. <laughs> if they can hear the sound of my voice, they love somebody. Well, okay then. Okay. I just want to make the crickets happy. I know. I want to fix the problem for the crickets of sitting in oh. silence. <laughs> <laughs> I believe for an emoji of the week, I believe there's a hammer. Now, a hammer can be used to break or it can be used to fix. Oh, no, we're not singing that. <laughs> Others will join you. It'll, it'll be a thing. I'm not prepared. It'll be a kumbaya. I'm, no, I'm not no, prepared. So okay. if if there if I'm remembering correctly and there is a hammer or something that looks like a hammer in the emojis, that will be our emoji of the week. Um, because a fixer can fix shit or a fixer can break shit, too. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, so I didn't do this um, in the beginning. Because I feel like this is just a more uh, casual conversation, but I guess it could have been an announcement. Uh, for anybody who maybe came to the video uh, to watch later, or it's a live stream, or you came to our site, because you're like, where the fuck are the new episodes? And you're on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Mm. <laughs> I'm working on some problems with it. Updating. I did email the support for our podcast host, people told them all the things I had already done and they said try these two things so after we record I will try these two things and hopefully by Friday uh podcast listeners will be like I don't know what you're talking about it it loaded just fine for me but um yeah we're 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 getting hammered in the chat I'm here Ah. (laughs) I'm here to get hammered on a few levels uh podcast (laughs) listeners you feel free to to dm email social media at whatever whatever with your hammer it's fine. Because uh, there's a couple ways to get hammered, and I'm okay with that. Um, so, huh, um, there was something else I thought that I was going to say. Um, I, it's gone now. Can't fix I've, that. No. <laughs> well, you could give me something well, else to say. There's always true. a solution to every problem. <laughs> I know that. Uh, <laughs> it might not be appropriate. You might not have wanted that fucking solution. Right, right. But I can right. find it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I do want to say we have not done a good job of this because we've been living in our own little world. Um, for U.S. West Coast people with uh, fucking wildfires. Yeah. Literally wild. Um, please, we hope you are safe. We hope you, your loved ones are safe, your belongings mm-hmm. are safe, your homes are safe. Um, the pictures are, oh my God, like mind blowing. Yeah. Um, to my coastal friends, I don't know if you noticed, we're on what letter of the hurricane alphabet? 
Um, Are we at V? V. We're at V. La- last it's last September. check, we were, as of yesterday, we were at V. So when you are yourself in the path of a hurricane or a tropical storm or anything that's got a fucking name to yeah. it, we are thinking of you. My mother mm-hmm. has boarded up her house, which is not even directly on the coast, and she's never done that before until this year. She has boarded up her house because she was preparing to be in the path of a hurricane two, maybe three times this season already. And mm-hmm. she, this woman's nearly 60, has lived in uh, hurricane areas her whole fucking life. I don't think she's ever boarded up before. They're boarding up this year. Um, so, yeah, we are aware. I know then you can add political strife in the world, and there's a lot of shit going on. Um, but, yeah, like, it's wild and in a negative way. And I, when I see it, I do, I am, I forget to say it. I think that's my INTJ Scorpio self. I forget to go, oh, my thoughts are with you. My thoughts really are with you. I hope everybody stays safe. Do what you got to do to stay safe. If it means you're not listening or watching us for several weeks, that's fine. I that we have these sweetest fucking crickets because they will apologize when they haven't listened for a few weeks or watched for a few weeks. It's okay, y'all. I promise. I made it this way so you could come back to it whenever you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> is okay. Take care of yourself yep. first. Yes, so, yes, yes, I mean, yes. and all of this in the middle of a pandemic and flu mm-hmm. season's about to start. I think I, I so somebody's going to like tisk tisk at me. I've never gotten a flu shot. I'm just never worried about it. I think this is the year maybe I'll get a flu shot. You always get a flu shot. Yes, I do. I know I never get a flu shot. I never. I try never to leave my house. <laughs> so it feels. I got. I got used to it because I. I used to work in a, freaking petri dish. Yes, where lots of little children were. So. Yeah. <sighs> so mm. yeah. Ugh. Ah, uh, Minnie. Yeah. Oh gosh. State. Yeah, the state two. I don't. I'm still learning about the evacuation zones, but mm-hmm. we have some friends who are longtime listeners, and they were like talking about how they had been at one evacuation level, and then they got downgraded, so they didn't have to. Like, it's. I feel for you. Yeah. I feel for you. I like. I could. I can parse the information of hurricanes. Like, I know what that track means. I know you. Mm-hmm. Like, 72 hours out. Don't bet on anything because it'll change sally was supposed to go right up through new orleans and hooked at the last minute is going to alabama we are very worried for people in alabama but my mother is like oh thank god i'm on the west side of this storm that's actually good for me sucks for everybody Mm -hmm. else though but like that i i could i know but then i hear about the wildfires i'm like i don't i don't know what any of that means and the panhandle was getting hammered with rain yeah we thought tampa was gonna get they were like on the outer skirts of what was the storm before sally or was that sally was sally I've lost track of the storms. Yeah, now. right, right. So, I I don't know, but it's we we know a lot of people are under a lot more duress than they would normally be. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are thinking. Yeah. It's yeah, it's bad. It's a bad. Yeah. Oh, a drive-through clinic for anything, Tayshu. I'm kind of jealous. In the live stream chat for podcast listeners, Tayshu says a drive-through flu clinic for the family on Saturday. Don't even have to get out of the car. Oh wow! That sounds like heaven. Nice. Because yeah, at this point it's like, oh, I'll mask up, go into the petri dish that is the CVS, get it. They usually offer like really cheap or free, which is fine right. either way. Uh, but it's like I don't want to have to go in there. Uh, speaking of doctors, this is uh, on the level of, wow, that was really personal. Why are you telling us that, Kayla? Uh, my IUD is got ends next month, October. I still don't have a doctor <laughs> or an appointment to get it changed out. I guess I'll be buying condoms until I get that sore. <laughs> oh, my God. This factory's closed. 
production does not occur in, in these uh, in this uterus, fallopian tubes, womb anymore um, on purpose. Uh, so yeah, it's actually a big deal that I still don't have an OBGYN mm-hmm, or an appointment mm-hmm. to change my IUD. <clears throat> I should probably work on that. <laughs> Do you have a drive-through clinic for that? <laughs> Somehow I doubt it. Hang my feet out the window and just like <laughs> pretend the window is stirrups. <laughs> you just drive through. They pop, pull the one out, pop the other one in, and we keep on going. I mean, wow, this went down real quick. <laughs> Did god. not take long at all. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Ah, oh, wow! <laughs> I, I'm gonna say we. St- I started out the day really like my head wasn't in a good place, mm-hmm. and then I, I, I was ready to go to battle on your behalf. I'm not here for mean people. Fuck that shit. It's take it's too fucking easy to be kind. Anyway, anyway, I'm not gonna go there. And then I was like, I kind of got a little anxious. And then we recorded a video and then we started doing this and my mood has improved tenfold. So thank y'all. Uh, Cause it is because of y'all. <laughs> I don't, my mood does not lighten when I talk to myself in the shower. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> totally down to y'all. Uh, how are you feeling? Well, first I just want to, to answer Jennifer. <laughs> Because she said about me, you know, I just go get a vasectomy. Yes, that that is an option, and that thought has crossed my mind. But you think she's bad about finding a doctor? Well, hi. Here's what's funny. <laughs> I can. So here's the thing. We have had the conversation about vasectomy, and I am fine with you getting a vasectomy. Mm-hmm. And I would find you a doctor. Don't worry. I'm good like that. I'm a fixer. Um, <laughs> part of the reason I like my IUD is because I don't get a period anymore. I have not had a period in 10 years. The most blissful fucking 10 years of my life. Now, there's a possibility it amped up my uh, uh, anxiety and weight gain. I don't care. I haven't had a period in 10 years. Um, so even if he got a vasectomy, I'm still going to do whatever I got to do to not have a period. And since I don't have what most doctors would consider a legitimate medical reason beyond I fucking hate it, make it go away. I'm not gonna have an invasive procedure to stop all periods other than the IUD, which is technically invasive, but not the same as surgery. So yeah, even if you, you know, we're snip snip, I'm still Mm -hmm. be like, can can you please put that painful thing in my body? Yeah, yeah. I don't have painful periods every month <laughs> now now see somebody else mentioned in the chat about drive-through orgasms now that i think i mean i'm you know i saw during like the height of whatever the u.s is gonna call a lockdown sure um <laughs> that there were drive-through uh strip clubs yes where they yes. were like on the, so i'm thinking drive-through orgasms could totally be a thing mm. uh they might still have to be self-applied orgasms, but you know, the drive-through, uh, what's the word I want? Um, stimulation, stimuli, mm, I don't know. But yeah, mm. I'm sure there's a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's mm-hmm. a way. Look, if we can make drive-through IUDs and pap smears and you know, all that stuff a possibility, we could, we could make drive-through orgasms a thing. <laughs> Just saying. Anywho. So. <laughs> um, what have you, have you got anything going on this week? Um, I, I've, I've been doing some stuff. I, I've been 
as folks in the in the Discord server know, um, I've been playing with a vacuum chamber. You have? Yeah. You, have. you, you blew up a, a, a glove to f and made it look like it was a little hand. Yeah. That wasn't weird or disembodied or stuff of <laughs> nightmares or anything. It's fine. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll watch this occur. Daddy, whatever you say. Right. Well, it was it was a simple, quick way to test the vacuum on the on the chamber. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and and it worked. And um, I I did my first batch of of wood, where you literally baked wood. Well, first I soaked it in a yes, stabilizing yes, yes. agent in the vacuum. Sure. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, y'all, he's got an oven mitt in his garage shop, and his toaster oven. Yeah. He bakes his wood. Yeah. There's so many innuendos in that statement. I know. I, I mean, know. how do you bake your wood? At 200 degrees. <laughs> 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 and what do you do when the wood is baked? Anything I want. <laughs> As it should be. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, but yeah, Silent Wing, the, the, the way to test the, the vacuum you just take a, a rubber glove and you seal it off at the end. And because it's sealed, there's still some air in there. Mm. You don't even have to blow it up. Just seal it as it is, flat. Put it in the, in the vacuum chamber, you create a vacuum. And at that point, whatever air is inside that glove becomes the normal pressure. So it inflates, it, it appears to inflate. It, it, that's what's so weird to me because it's like, what is the size of air? Well, when there's no vacuum, it doesn't. It, that glove is flat and crinkled and looks like there's nothing in it. Right. In a vacuum, it looks like it's filled with air. Right. Which means it's always filled with air. To a certain extent. Oh, my yeah. brain hurts. My brain hurts. <laughs> my brain hurts. Ah. Oh my gosh. I need to talk about feelings or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Optimism. Not, 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 not trying to break you now. I know. Personality test. I need something less technical. <laughs> so right now, out in the garage, I, I have a, a Tupperware full of coffee beans mm. soaking in acetone to draw the oils out of them. And I know that process where you put them in acetone, do the oils out, then normally i don't know if this will be the same thing you do you bake them mm -hmm. right they'll, they'll be baked next so baked coffee beans yeah and then what comes next well then now what i'm going to do now they're going to go in the vacuum chamber in the stabilizing agent so then and then they get baked again but the stabilizing agent that makes it a solid with the beans on the inside or is it just it the the vacuum pushes the stabilizing agent into the beans, making them harder. Making them harder. So then, after you bake them, after they've been stabilized, then you put them in resin. Yeah. Then you dry. Oh my God! Wow. So in eighty-five years, we'll get something made with coffee beans. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> I do. I I have to ask. Nobody asked this. It's okay. I'll ask. Nobody was thinking this. It's okay. Will there be a coffee bean paddle? at some point in life. Would any, I mean, is that a little, is that, is that weird even for, for us by our standards? Yeah. I'm okay with yeah. it. I'm okay with it as a novelty <laughs> item. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
make a powder out of anything, even coffee beans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, anything else? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, no. Uh, yeah, I got nothing. <clears throat> nothing that feels interesting that I haven't already said a million times before. Mm, okay, all right, all right. Everybody in the live for podcast listeners, the live stream chat folks are trying to like blind me with science. (laughs) 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 La 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 la, I can't hear you in your science talk. (laughs) Hey, look, I celebrate girls in STEM. I think there should be more people across the the gender spectrum in all industries. I am the stereotypical cisgender woman who's like oh science Mm, no thank you unless you turn it into a story i can read science if it's in a narrative that sounds like you are telling me a story that does not happen very often i know it's out there i know it exists Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but so i know i know it's cliche and i know i'm a stereotype it's fine it's fine it's fine so um yeah um, i'm sorry y'all i feel like we're super duper quiet because saki the dog is great for anybody who wants an update when i say great i mean as great as a 15 year old dog with congestive heart failure can be Mm. um we probably need to get his dosage upped a little bit i've got a contact but we do have a working dishwasher if you join us on the friday night youtube hangouts you heard the saga already Mm -hmm, but we do have a working mm -hmm. dishwasher plumber has to be has to come back out though because the refrigerator is problem still well the the refrigerator itself is not the no no no. it's the water the the water line coming in it's not getting enough water to truly make enough ice the way it should right which is very annoying um especially for the way we go through ice in this house we are iced drink people all four of us if we're drinking something that's not meant to be hot is meant to be cold it better have some ice in it um we the ice maker because of the problem with the water line or whatever the problem is Mm -hmm. cannot keep up with our ice consumption and sometimes we have to supplement with 10 pound bags of ice (laughs) it's sad so we just need to get the fridge fixed thanks um oh yeah Mm-hmm. That, yeah, we're we're just yeah, same old, same old. Same old, same old. I was um, you know, I was supposed to go to where I was kind of, sort of planning on going to Orlando tomorrow, but I know I thought I was gonna get the house to myself for part of the day, but mm, I guess no. I was wrong. Yeah, you were not gonna go. I've just got too much going on that that I need to uh, to do. And uh, yes, Silent Wing, that, that would be uh, um, an option for that. For podcast listeners, for, uh, Silent yeah, Wing uh, said. About um, casting around, resin around, around wood. the wood for extra strength, yes. Yeah. Yeah, while we were dithering, they were talking about the coffee bean I know. paddles. And yeah. They were workshopping it for you. I know. Uh-huh. And, and that has. <laughs> and I, I've kind of been watching that. Mm. Um, so. And, and I, that's given me some thought, and there may be a, a <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. The, uh, evil mastermind wood man who bakes his wood. Yeah. <laughs> Baked wood. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I um, find that um, 
I do not know why I find that so funny, but I do. I know. I know. And, um, so, mm-hmm. what else you got? What else I got? Um, I am hoping that by this weekend I may have be on my way to, um, And I'm losing my train of thought. Um, trying to find a solution to my broken um, bandsaw. Oh. Uh. So, get that taken care of, and hopefully, in the end, have an actual grown-up big boy bandsaw. Mmm. Big boy uh, tools. Yeah. <laughs> tools. <laughs> From a baked wood. Oh my god. <laughs> oh god. Um okay. So we've we've we're just we've lost anybody who was like, I yeah. got shit to do. And that's okay. It's totally I okay. <laughs> I know. Um uh, I don't really wanna We've we've lost ourselves, I think. At I know, this point. I think part of it is I'm procrastinating, I don't want to get back to work. I haven't actually started work. I mean, recording videos and doing live streams comes under the broad umbrella of work because it's part of like what we do and mm-hmm. make some amount of our income from, but like the work work I haven't done yet today. Yeah. And I'm like really procrastinating on it. Well, I, I I do want to say one other thing. I, real quick, and and for those of you who are listening or watching and are Floridians, you will understand this. Uh, we're looking at weather that will not go over eighty-eight degrees for the next week. It's not cool enough for me. And temperatures will be dropping down to around. 70 low 70s Mm-mm. and we will hit 67 nope, on nope. several nights not cool enough sorry i need 82 you know what and no humidity you know what screw you <laughs> screw you if it's not good enough for you <laughs> upper 80s nope low 70s and upper nope. 60s i will take it by golly nope it beats the hell out of upper 90s, 90% humidity, mm. and and a low of 80 at night. I will take it. So mm. you can go your own way. I will revel in this weather coming up and enjoy every bit of it because I know it's a precursor of what's to come. I'm a Scorpio baby girl. I want what the fuck I want when I want it. And Scorpio and what I want from hell and just never be happy. So is 72 so to go, 75 degree go, weather, no humidity. Go, go back to your corner and upper I will revel. Upper 50s for the overnight low so if i want to wear leggings i'm not sweating to death if i want to wear shorts i'm not shivering to death like yeah. you I want it. you want what saw the wing had the other night no that's why I'm, i said if we ever go to canada i'm only going for their five minutes of summer <laughs> <laughs> when have i ever been unclear about this so basically what it comes down to no matter where it's at it's not uh <laughs> no we get five minutes of my perfect weather here in Florida, and then I'm a happy Florida girl. And for the other 364 days of the year, I'm a bitch about living in Florida, but never move here from here because this is where I live. <laughs> On that note, 
<laughs> also, we keep buying warm, wintry type clothes. Like we are people with a massive delusion about the weather. Uh, I bought a tie-dye hot pink hoodie that is kind of thick and almost bought a plush jacket like I was somebody who's going to get cold. Where well, we you live. know what? One day, 15 years ago, it snowed here in Ocala. So we're ready. <laughs> oh, my <fucking> God. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Okay. On that note, we're done. We're done here. We have devolved into something I can't even know. No, I am now jealous of the crickets who went, oh, they're just sitting they, in silence. I'm bouncing. They I'm bailed. Done. I'm done. Done. I also worry about those of you who can still hear my voice. Are you okay? Has, has the pandemic gotten to you too? Um. Okay. So, uh, we love you guys. Thank you for watching us on YouTube, listening in the podcast. Yes, however, yes, however, 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 uh, we love you. Whether you're chatty or you're lurky. Emoji of the week is a hammer. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not going to sing if I had a hammer, no matter how badly somebody wants to. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's all I got. You got? We're good? I think we're good. Okay. Thank you, everybody. It's yep. been fun as yep. always. Bye. Bye.